Welcome to RPG Cast, episode 447 for the week of November 18th, 2017. I'm Chris Privetier, bringing you the week's RPG news and new releases and a little light talk about what we play. Joining me for that section, Kelly Ryan. Hello. And Jonathan Stringer. Hello. Pascal Takaya is currently battling Skype issues, but may join us later. And uh, Anna Marie is unfortunately battling a migraine and will not be joining us today. So hmm. everyone's her pain medicine. Migraine's the ultimate boss. <laughs> they are. <laughs> Huge pain debuff. Speaking of ultimate bosses, I finished um, Steam World Dig 2 on my Switch. Woohoo. It's good. I, I highly recommend like people play it. Hmm? Is it worth picking up? Oh yes. Um, did you play the first I... one at all? You don't need to, but it's I played a, great a little bit of it on yeah. the 3DS. But then it was one of those ones where other stuff came out around it, and I just uh, kind of put it down and never picked it back up. So that kind of reminds me of like old Dig Dug, right? Sure, it's uh, Dig Dug Metroidvania. Yeah. Without blowing, the problem is it doesn't have any attacks where you inflate enemies to kill them. If it did, this would be the perfect game. You're saying that more games need inflation, like Dig Dug does? Yeah. Yes. And yes, I'm aware that becomes an internet fetish at some point, but let's not go into that. Um, what? Is... Don't look up any furry sites. Just oh saying. my gosh. Um, what is going on with the? Um, you, you had to derail us. Kelly. Of, of course, that's yeah. my job. Uh-huh. <laughs> with, with, with SteamWorld Dig 2, the thing you need to know is it's like the first game, but like just better in every way. It's bigger, there's more to do, your abilities, you power up and get more interesting things. It's just great, and it's got like story, uh, there's hooks for a follow-up, so I don't know how that's going to go. And yeah, SteamWorld Dig 2, highly recommend it. Um, get it on your Switch or PC or whatever the heck else it's on. It's on a lot of things, so you can go get it on those things. I recommend it still, even after finishing it. I'm actually going to 100% it, is, uh, and that's what I'm working on in evenings, because there's apparently like a big bonus thing that happens after you 100% it, and I don't know what it is, oh, and wow. I didn't look up what it is, and I'm excited. And they give you enough tools to like let you know here's the secret, the amount of secrets left in this area, so you know where to keep focusing your efforts. They give you like really good tools when you get near the end of the game to like find secrets more easily, so it, they do a good job with that. So, yeah, I'm glad they gave you a re- they're giving you a reward for completing the game 100% because I 100 percent in Samus Returns and I didn't get crap and I was pissed. Well, you could have it's you know, it could have been Zelda where you 100% it and you literally get crap. Yeah, but at least you get something. Samus Returns <laughs> doesn't poop. even give you a you decent ending. <laughs> I don't know. <sighs> All right. Um, other things I tried. Harvest Moon Light of Hope came out this week, um, and I talked my wife into letting me uh, try her um, try a copy of that thing. 
it is interesting in that it feels like so Natsume has been making these uh they started making Harvest Moon games in-house and they put a couple out on 3DS and one out on iOS. So I've tried one of the 3DS ones, one of the iOS ones. Now this one's on PC right now. I think it's coming to other stuff later like the Switch. But as far as the iOS one or excuse me, as far as this one goes, it's certainly the one that I feel is the most accessible for me and I've put in an amount of time with it and haven't felt upset about it. Whereas other ones, I've just like, I don't want to play this anymore. This one I keep thinking about, maybe I should go work on my farm some. So that seems like a good sign. And for people who are actually into this sort of farming genre, they'll probably really like it. Because, <laughs> like, I don't play Stardew Valley or anything like that. I, I played around with it for like an hour or two and said, yeah, eh. <laughs> I'm not going to go do that for the next 25,000 hours of my life. Sorry, Kelly, I know that you did. Um, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> But uh, this Harvest Moon one, it's kind of like that. Like, I could do this. I could see myself getting into this. I don't know if I'm actually going to spend that much time doing it, but this is this is all right. So if you are... that, And that's what I'll leave it at, because I'm not a good expert on these games. <laughs> and maybe somebody like Kelly or someone will try it eventually and give you better yeah. insights. <laughs> I'll be curious about it when it comes to the Switch, because, you know, that's... That's where you'd want to do gonna... it, yeah. Yeah, that's going to be my Harvest Moon jam going forward, especially if the 3DS really is kind of dead at this point. It is. Um, it's. Uh, it does support controllers on the PC, and of course, just the mouse and keyboard. The controls seem fine. They're n they're not getting in the way. They're not awkward. I've unlocked two lights in my lighthouse. I have not unlocked animals yet. That's where I got to get to, so I can have like just this armada of sheep or something like that. Oh, that sounds like an episode title, Armada of Sheep. Mm. Well, anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, right now, still kind of in the early stages where I'm unlocking all the sprites and working through the story, which is like, hey, save this island by farming. Because, you know, Harvest Moon story, that's kind of what they do. You always save things by farming. You know, that's how the life works, right? Um, yeah. Don't, don't, don't go in there expecting the next... Um, don't expect the Citizen Kane of Harvest Moon. <laughs> rosebud <laughs> well, well yeah you, you can grow an actual yeah, yeah you have to grow those <laughs> actually i haven't had to... i should see if you can grow rosebuds in this one i, I don't be know if you... i don't think you can i've never seen roses in harvest moon well, i could I name can... i could name one of my sheep army um rosebud probably if nothing else have your own little Citizen Kane fan fiction with your sheep names. and. Well, yeah, I guess I should be careful about fan fiction with my sheep, shouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, that's... Well, maybe not go that's there. That's unfortunate. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right, well. <laughs> In other news, I've been playing uh, Battlefront 2, uh, Star Wars Battlefront 2, which came out last uh, yesterday. Unless you were a big spender and got the deluxe edition you've been playing since Tuesday, I got the regular one with, like, a Best Buy promo, my Gamers Club Unlock, a reward certificate. So it's like 20 or 30 bucks after everything was done. And it was like, okay, cool. I'm going to play Star Wars stuff. And now I'm not a big first-person shooter, especially not on console, because I can't shoot things with a controller. I just can't aim. I have no skill mm -hmm. at it. Um, but I didn't care because I wanted this game because I wanted to hear TIE Fighters go, Whoa! and blaster sounds and all sorts of Star Wars things. <laughs> I just wanted a cool Star Wars thing, and it's totally delivering on that. <laughs> mm, I would get it on PC. I've been thinking about it. Yeah, so this is... Um, 
story here is you're this elite um, empire commando lady who's uh, special forces and she can infiltrate and destroy everything. And, you know, you're, you've got the skills to shoot everything. And, um, you know, eventually, you know, you become a good guy. I don't think that's a spoiler, but... <laughs> But you get to watch how the journey of that happens and all that. Um, you don't only play as her. You mostly play as her. Uh, you do play as other Star Wars heroes at various times. And I'm not going to say who because I thought it was really fun every time you'd, you'd find yourself in control of like a famous Star Wars character. It's like, what? What am I playing as now? Oh, cool. Um, so, and they actually got Billy D. Williams. <laughs> For Lando, well, of course he'll he'll do everything. He needs the Every, money. Everybody else is a sound alike, but Billy D. Williams is the actual guy doing the voice for Lando. I thought that was hilarious. Okay, is even three PO a sound alike? I don't think usually. 3, I haven't seen three PO. I don't think he's in okay. this Okay, he wasn't in the voice he... cast page I found. Okay, because he'll do anything too. Yeah, I I I'm sure he would, but the current protocol droids do not sound like him. And uh, okay. I haven't seen 3PO himself. So um, I've seen R2, but that doesn't really count. So um. <laughs> Oh, Billy D. <laughs> so so <laughs> Matt Mercer. Is... Yo, go ahead. No, so how good is this game, despite the fact that it's marred by controversy? I don't think it's very good. Um, okay. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I think that the shooting and doesn't... The scenarios I'm in, like things feel clunky and awkward and not fair, and I have to replay and replay. I eventually set the difficulty down just because I found like the game wasn't challenging so much as just frustrating. At like, oh, I can't aim at this thing, and they just spawned four guys shooting at me, and now I'm dead. And yes, I could do it if I was super duper careful and being very strategic, but this game doesn't really warrant or reward that level of play in any way that I appreciate. So it was like, how about I just make it easier and enjoy the sound star wars sounds and visuals and it's like yep that's what i want um and then the space combat started and so you have you get to fly tie fighters and x-wings and stuff like that and it looks amazing because you're flying you know if, if you're like me and you used to play like the old tie fighter games you're always looking for something that feels like tie fighter again and I'm not going to say that this does, because at this point, it's been so long since I played TIE Fighter, I probably don't have an accurate memory of what it was like anymore. Um, but I do know that uh, it, it was very uh, punitive in the in the flying stages, where if you brushed against the slightest bit of debris, your ship would explode and set you very far back to a checkpoint. And that started to get frustrating. And, and like the the aiming and the the amount of control you have to kind of line up shots against ships where there should be some challenge with that but maybe not as much challenge as they were putting in there so again i was kind of appreciative of the fact that i was leveling it down to, to easy on that but that uh, does make the ships that you're fighting against blow up too soon so then i'm making a trade-off of do i make it easy enough so i don't have to deal with the frustrations and repeating these space missions over and over and over and eventually taking all the fun out of them or do i deal with you you know not having those problems but now the ships i'm fighting blow up too easy and i chose to have the ships blow up too easy so um that said uh when i look at the game overall um as far as what i'm doing gameplay wise flying around the ships i actually like the most um after removing the frustrating elements by turning on difficulty running around on foot and and hacking up stuff or blasting stuff 
I don't appreciate as much. I just don't feel that it's very well done, um, especially lightsaber combat feels very awkward. <laughs> um, and I just don't think it's a very good game. And I would say that if this was a game that didn't have anything to do with Star Wars, I would not be playing it. But because it's got Star Wars and I'm a big Star Wars fan, I'm having a just a grand old time, just running around blasting things and hearing the sound effects and stuff. So this is totally like a Star Wars indulgence thing for me. So that's where I'm at with this thing. And I don't know how that lines up with other people's reviews, um, but that that's how I'm feeling. Um, and and for that for that, I'm having fun. I did pop into multiplayer because this is a multiplayer game. And that felt much more fair, as in people who are really good got headshots on me as much as they could. Um, and that's like, that's what should happen. And then occasionally I would get an angle on someone and get some kills and feel really good about myself. And all that awkwardness in the single player campaign didn't feel like it was there in the in the multiplayer. And maybe I'm wrong about that. I'm, I'm, I'm not a good person to judge multiplayer shooter thing. Um, and yeah. And the controversy, Kelly, you're referring to is about... Um, what the loot boxes right yeah well the the most downvoted post in reddit history happened this week when people found out that it co- it takes like 40 hours to unlock darth vader <laughs> well you should have to work for darth vader don't you think well oh i know that's what i didn't understand about it is like yeah he's kind of like the end boss i yeah. would imagine that you would have to you know, work a little bit to unlock him. But I, uh, at the same time, I'm not familiar with this game. I'm not familiar. 40 with hours this is a lot for a first person shooter game. Like, okay. If you were doing it on a single player type thing, I mean, the campaign is probably no longer than 12 hours. I haven't finished it yet, but um, I'm at a few hours in, I'm at 40%. So um, I would think if you were, if you're judging, you know, 40 hours is more like single player RPG length. So that's probably a bit long for what people who play first-person shooter campaigns are used to. Um, so it sounds like you're it's supposed like to level up in multiplayer, an right? Game. Say what? That's that's nothing for an online game, though. Well, an, an online MMO, but an online shooting game? Do people put them those that I mean, many the, hours the first, in? Yeah. The, the last yeah. Battlefront was, was only on... I mean, it, it had offline components, but nobody played it for offline. By the way, hi, Pascal. How are you? Hello. Hello. <laughs> I, I, um, I wasn't on, but I was listening. Good. On Twitch, so I, I'm, I'm a little bit up to speed on what's going on. Sweet. Yeah, and I've put several hundred hours into like Rainbow Six Siege and Player Unknown. So oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, so this was just this was just people bitching over nothing. Well, I mean, I thought the thing they really people really didn't like the loot box things because like yeah, right. forty hours, but then you could like spend a bunch of money and try and get it out of a loot box, right? I assume. I don't know how it works. You could pay Fish. money to do loot boxes. They're kind of expensive, or you could pump a lot of time into grinding. They, then they lowered how much, and they lowered how much, and they finally took the loot boxes away. Loot boxes the paid are gone. Away. Day one patch happened. I cannot buy loot boxes in this game. And they sent right. out a big, long letter saying, hey, we hear you. We screwed up. We're not doing the loot boxes. And I don't know if, if, if it's really just feedback from this game that caused that to happen, or with the feedback from... Um, I'm sorry. What are the oh, I'm pretty games? sure it's this one. This one had a huge Reddit fiasco about well, it. Wasn't there other feedback, other games that have been doing the loot box thing that everyone's just they, been they up have, in arms? The, like the Destiny post... 2 and what else? Um, go ahead. Uh, like one of the driving games on Xbox. Oh, Forza 7. Forza, That's the yeah. one. Yeah. They had a post on Reddit, though, that was like the most downvoted by wide margins of anything about their loot boxes to unlock Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker. 
So it was definitely about it was this one, and they they it was constant non nonstop feedback about you know how bad evil. You know, oh, was during an ask me everything? Oh no, no, they someone no wasn't it? Someone someone complained about oh what I got to pay thirty dollars or something to unlock Darth Vader or Luke or so many hours. Oh well, it's they had some response about how you get it takes a while, so it makes you feel like you earned something. But you could do then. Then people just tore into that one. I mean, it had like thousands and thousands of downvotes. Well, that sounds absolutely reasonable to me. If you if you don't want to pay to play Darth Vader, then yeah, you should have to put in a, a time investment. That's the whole yeah. the yeah, whole point of complaining about the loot box. That's what yeah. I didn't something. understand. Is that you know Darth well, Vader? It's who should... you're talking to. It's it's who's downvoting it. That's the question. I mean. Obviously, some you know, people agree with us, and some people disagree, and very much want Luke to be playable more easily and stuff, right? I, I think there's a middle ground. I think what people think, or what people are angry about, is yeah, you added these loot boxes that are fairly high paywalls, and then you artificially uh, make the grind that much longer to entice you to pay money to buy the loot boxes uh... instead of it being a normal stream of unlocks that you do by playing the games like you 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 accomplish this much stuff or you do this but it seems maybe they want it to be more reasonable but they think oh yeah okay yeah you can unlock it but you make it so long that people that want to actually play it while everyone else is playing the game's hot will you know plunk down the money and get an advantage so i think it's the where they think the loot boxes have come in and they, and they made it stretch it they made the grind longer just for the sake of they can they want to get more money from it I gotta see this Reddit post. What? Are you gonna upvote it? I I heard that it was down to negative six hundred fifty thousand, but this one's at one hundred fifty one thousand. So I'm confused. Where is this negative six? Oh, there it is. EA Community Team negative six hundred fifty. <laughs> so here here's the posting question. Um, it was in response like, okay, so somebody was like, seriously, I paid eighty dollars to have Vader locked. Um, right. And then EA community team response. The intent is to provide the players with a sense of pride and accomplishment for unlocking different heroes. As for the cost, we selected initial values based upon data from the open beta and other adjustments. Among other things, we're looking at average per player credit earn rates on a daily basis, and we'll be making constant adjustments to ensure that players have challenges that are compelling, rewarding, and of course, attainable via gameplay. So wait a second. Um... So pride and accomplishment or $30, whichever, whichever you prefer. So it was like, oh, so they were locked, but you could also just shell out credits for like 80 bucks to unlock them. Yes. That's just no, yeah. stupid. Oh, no wonder they're upset. Ugh. It's not like it, it's a random drop. It's like you could just pay 80 bucks and have it unlocked right now. And that's just punitive. That's terrible. I don't mind it being locked by progression, but that's just this. Yeah, I don't mind it being locked either. So what they say is they made it so long, so it's basically you grind forever and you don't do any other upgrades just to get the character, or you pay money and then move along. That's awful. So they so obviously they're not doing it anymore. But I don't know that they've boosted the credit the credit drops or anything, so I don't know how you're going to get any of these characters now they didn't than... boost the credit out they made it cheaper to get them oh they did make it cheaper okay good a lot cheaper okay. yeah. <laughs> like by 75 percent, i think <laughs> well um 
going into that, I didn't have all the details except knowing that, you know, one thing I won't be doing in this game is buying loot boxes, so that made me feel good. And then I played game, the game, and there was lots of Star Wars sounds, and that made me feel good. So I was having fun. <laughs> so all in all, a positive night for me with Battlefront 2 last night. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, other than that... I it really some, is oh, the sounds, ahead. too. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I mean, do you have even surround with, uh, sound? Yeah, I do, yeah. <laughs> It's weird. The surround sound only works in match and in mission. Uh, on the menus, surround sound isn't activated at all for some reason. Huh. I guess like they're trying to to give you the illusion of once you're in the world, you're fully immersed, and otherwise you're not, which is kind of an interesting stylistic choice. But yeah, as soon as you're in there, yeah, you got Tie Fighters going behind your head and all that shit, and it's like, oh yeah. Because <laughs> I I just installed a new surround sound in my basement a couple of weeks ago, and I'm really digging. Oh, how uh, games sound now. You have to set a setting to make it, um, you have to set the dynamic range to full if you've got a full home theater setup. So just a tip, go mess with your audio settings in that game. Yeah. Um, I th I think I have have to like go into the surround sound itself and tell it to be Dol Dolby and you also have to go into like the PS4 menu yeah, you're gonna and tell wanna, it. Yeah, you want the thing to be Dolby, you want to tell the PS4 to be Dolby or DTS, depending on what your thing supports. And then um, you go into the game and just say you know do surround and which it'll probably detect automatically from the system and then you want to tell it to do full dynamic range which is right it won't detect you have to tell it that one um yeah that's uh the fun with surround sound stuff kelly <laughs> oh i love it there's no options in that game that i could see for doing things with ps4 pro so i don't know if it's enhanced for pro or not i assume it has something but it seems to be completely automatic so I don't know. I know it does HDR. I, I see that setting, or see where you can adjust how the HDR works, but it there's no, like, turn it on or off or it favor resolution or favor frame rate. None of that stuff's in this game, so I don't know what's up with that. Um, wow, I feel like I feel like a real a real video game site talking about PS4 Pro enhanced features in a first-person shooter. Ooh. Do we feel like real video gamesmen? No, just me. Okay. Yeah. What are we talking about next? I don't know. You. What are you up to? <laughs> oh, you're well, playing there Horizon. There's a real. There's a real game. <laughs> Finally, about, a real game. Tell us about Horizon. Well, a real add-on. <laughs> yeah. Or a DLC. So, how does this thing work? Is it a follow-up? Is it a sequel? Is it just a side quest to the original Horizon? Yeah, it's an it's a side. It's a long side quest. Okay. It's a mini campaign that's completely separate from the main. So if I haven't Story. played Horizon yet, I should just go ahead and buy this, and then I will naturally follow into it at some point during the game and just enjoy it. Yeah, it's just a, it's an extra area added on to the, the game map okay. that at some point you can, you know, when you get far enough into or through the story and you actually discover the area that links to it, you can go there. Um, so, yeah, it flows right into the game, basically. Cool. And, you know at first, I wasn't really too sure if um, if it's necessary to play it. I guess it still isn't necessary, but I wasn't even sure if I would recommend it because um, it's it's packed with a lot of uh, more combat, which is the same as it is in the main game. And so, unless like the combat was the one thing that did it for you during the the actual campaign, you know, it, it didn't seem super necessary. But um, towards the end, the story is in, in the DLC is. Just it's very good and it's got some uh, really um, 
outstanding um, additional supporting characters that are definitely worth it. So in the end, yeah, it's definitely something I'd recommend. But probably only if you're, you know, um, if you're really blown away by the game or if you've already finished the game, then yes. Okay. Does it give me, like, cool upgrades that'll make me overpowered after I finish it? Mm, no, because, I mean, I got into it with my uh, with my end game character. Mm-hmm. Um, that I'd already beaten the actual game with, because it's like most other open world games. After you finish the game, it kind of puts you back in it. And so that's the character I ran the DLC with, and it was a pretty good challenge. So, but unfortunately, that means any upgrades I pick up are pretty much just for the DLC. Like, there, I don't really have a reason to go back to the the main game with them. You could, um, but the the challenge is is high enough to where I don't, you know, most people that are going to run the DLC are probably pretty close to. Um, end game level so do they really need the extra um abilities and there's extra gear to find of course and things like that and all of that translates back to the main game but it's probably not going to be needed to finish the game yeah you know, you know, like you say like oh it's going to give you an edge but um it's it's not really a needed edge so it's just good on its own i think cool it has the option to do all of those things but uh doesn't really need to do it um and oh it's so beautiful it's so oh. beautiful i can't i couldn't stop you know staring <laughs> i don't know I, I, nobody here probably has played it so yeah um, I, I was hoping to get into horizon during extra life but um i just didn't get into it i fell into shadow war instead so i've been meaning to uh, it's on my radar i want to get the little um uh, was it Game of the Year Complete Edition, whatever they that they just released yeah. it in this year? Yeah, I've been somewhat curious about it too because I've heard such good things about it. I mean, I like I love the story in the main game. It's it's the it's probably going to end up being my game of the year. Um, I think it's going to be a lot of people's game of the year. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. I don't know. I've, I've heard that a lot. Yeah. What do you think it'll be? Well, I mean, a lot of people like it, but um, there's, you know, there were so many good games this year. I'm not sure if it's everybody's game of the year. For me, it's just because of the story. All right. But um, I, other people I talk to, sometimes I get the impression that it it, it connected a little bit more with me than with others. Oh. Like, I think the problem it's going to have for game of the year is going to be fighting with Zelda and Super Mario Zelda, Odyssey. Yeah. But, but guys, I thought Player Unknown Battleground was going to be the game oh, of the year. Oh, Kelly's right. It's uh, not. It's still in early access. I know. That's, I've heard. I've <laughs> heard people count. being pissed about that. I mean, uh, Persona Four came out this year. Persona I mean, Five, you mean? Uh, oh, yeah, sorry. Persona Five's out. Uh, all right, let's put all these games into a match of PUBG and he- see who wins. No. <laughs> hey, it's hard to compare those games. Yeah. True. But. For what PUBG has done in sales and and player base is pretty unprecedented. PUBG might be that, yeah. The idea that PUBG is not released, uh, what is it? It's not going to win a game of the year at that rate. (laughs) They've got to get that out this year just for the awards factor. Well, I guess we can't do a game of the year then. Well, we can because PUBG is not an RPG. 
no, I, I think we should hold off. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're always late anyway. Maybe it'll be out by then. Yeah, I, I told myself before I started that I wasn't going to have another, um, because when I played the main game, I, I just constantly stopped and uh, took screenshots, and I'm not, I'm not that guy that does that. So I did it all the time and I said, I'm not going to do it on the, on the DLC. I'm just going to play it. And within minutes I was already back in the camera editor. Where do you uh, post like, these screenshots? I don't know. I just, <laughs> I just have them on my hard drive. Yo, you don't even back. share them with the share button. Oh man. Because you know, it's annoying. Who wants to see all of that? Well then what are you doing Me. with you? <laughs> um yeah, good point. I don't really do anything with them. I did go back through my screenshots when I started the DLC. Dude, just... you could have like a million followers on Instagram for your uh, Horizon screenshots. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> Sarcasm. So it's it's super pretty and the story is really good and I would definitely say it's recommended. Um and since it's so I guess it's going to be the only DLC then, since it's the, the complete edition is, what, coming out? It's already out? I feel like yeah, it might already be out. Probably. We're close. They're probably working on a sequel at this point. Yeah. That's what we really need, though. I don't, as, as good as it is, did, did, did we need to have the DLC? It would have been fine to have just a sequel coming out in a couple of years. Anyway, it's good. Is there Try a season it. pass for that thing, or is it just... The game and that expansion. Yeah, I think that's that's really it. That's the only um, DLC I'm aware of. No, no season pass that I know of. Hmm. But I think I spent about mm, it's 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 between ten and twenty hours easily. So you, you get some value for your money there. Yep. What else you been playing, dude? And so as soon as I was finished, I was finally ready to get back into South Park, which ah, I've kind of been waiting for. Is your butthole fractured? I mean, wasn't it always? Uh-huh, so. yeah. You need to lay off the chili. <laughs> it, okay. Eat, eat more fiber. Yeah. Am I the only one playing that game also? Mhm. Mhm. It's good. <laughs> it's I, the same. Sure. Yep. It's def- I like it better. I hope if they um if any further sequel, I I really like the superhero theme. It works so well, and the the grid based combat system is much better than what I thought the first game had. And other than that, it's, it's I mean, how is same. it? Any, yep. Yeah, how is it any different? And didn't need to be. It's good. Um, it's the show. It's funny. I like, you know, it's an RPG, but it's it's so kind of linear in a way. It's kind of refreshing. Yeah, there's a point where an open world RPGs just get get to be a little bit too much if that's all I get. Constantly open world, and you know, every and so this it, it feels like a collectathon at times. So it's you know the 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 world isn't extremely large, and so that's nice that you know you only have a certain amount of area to cover and. You're collecting things all the time, and there's a lot of uh, variety to what you're collecting and side missions and main missions. You're constantly on something, so there's no no real downtime. So it's quick, it flows well, and it's the show. That's really all that you know. I think needs to be said. Right. So I think I'll probably finish that this weekend, most likely. 
Oh, and you finished up a uh, Danganronpa two or three? Three. As yeah, well. I was kind of hoping for uh, Anna Marie to be on. Yeah, she's finished, has she it finished as well. It? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Probably before me, even though I was I was a little bit ahead of her before, but I'm I'm slow on it. Yeah, she. Uh, I think she finished it before last week's show. She's been playing Etrian Odyssey five. Oh wow. Yeah, no, I'm 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 much more recent than that. So that that game just kind of. I think that's probably the reason why I'm. I don't have too much to say on some of the other ones. That one just kind of blew me away. I really loved it. Even compared to the uh, the first two. It sounds like it it does interesting things at the end. Based on. Based on pause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I didn't care for the ending. <laughs> Not at all. I hated it. But I think I'm alone in that as well. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was chatting with uh, with Alex and Mac about it the other day, and I think everybody says they liked it, except for me. But that's just so. I've just been playing, you know, one good game after another. It's been really great. I'm done. Okay, Kelly, what you been playing? Well, I have officially rage quit Stardew Valley. Oh, rage quit? Yeah, I got hit with the save bug twice. Is it on? Is it a switch only bug? Yeah, where oh. you go to save your game at the end of the day, and the game crashes, and you've lost all your progress for that day. And one of them was me having really great progress in the uh, advanced level mines that's randomly generated, where you can get like the best crafting materials in the game. Oh, that would be so frustrating. Oh my god, I about wanted to toss my switch into a wall when it happened. I was so mad. I feel like some of but, those games should have more, um, more like mobile style, just save as you go sort of options. I, I understand even, why people want to save scum, like the relationship stuff. So yeah, but hmm. well, I, I I don't think this is necessarily uh, spike or not spike Chunsoft chucklefish's fault i think that it was something that was like such an isolated bug that they couldn't necessarily play test it and they're working on a patch for it and i'm told that they've submitted the patch to nintendo and it needs to be approved and stuff but it's just one of those things where when it happens it sucks so hard especially if you're if you've done a lot of stuff in the day and i i say i rage quit i really i mean i have but that's only because Pokemon has come out and that's going to be my new portable game now because I'm kind of done with Stardew Valley anyway. But it just kind of sucked getting hit with that bug twice. and I mean, not in a row, but twice. So, yeah. Plus, I'm kind of really done with that game for now. Anyway, to start up Pokemon Sun and Moon. Aha. Uh-huh. Is that out now or is it out this Friday? Yeah, it, it just, just came out yesterday. Okay, so it's out as of now. All right. Yeah, they, uh, I don't know what hockey game UPS was playing with my package yesterday, but <laughs> my box came back and it was beat to hell and back. Oh no. Or the package, they said Amazon shipped it in a padded envelope and 
the envelope was ripped open when I got it from UPS at seven o'clock last night and the box was beat to hell and back and I was really pissed. And because I ordered the special edition steelbook one, that one is sold out, so I can't even order a replacement. Oh. Is it okay? <laughs> no, the game's fine. It's is, just the I the box is not the is the case bad? No no the 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 steelbook came with like a special collector's edition box that came with. And that's what's damaged. Okay. Yeah, retail copies of both games and a steelbook. Uh, and, you know, it's not that big a deal. I'm just. You've got your 200 total... potions or whatever? Th- that, for some reason, that one didn't come with 200 po- oh. or 100 Pokeballs. Okay. And I. In researching it, I'm actually kind of regretting ordering that version of it. Oh. I should have ordered. The, I shouldn't have gotten the one with the steel book. I should have just gotten the double pack. But whatever. It's this is this is all first world problems. Yeah. By the way, it's just I I don't like it when my stuff gets damaged in shipping. Well, who would? Yeah. But started out the game. I didn't get very far. I'm just kind of still doing the tutorial. Um. The game kind of starts out just like Sun and Moon did. There's like very slight differences so far. Like um, you get your starter right away instead of having to use it to save that one girl on the bridge to save Nebby. I don't know how much. Nebby. Yeah. (sighs) Oh, I want to have a drinking game for getting the bag Nebby this time around. (laughs) Um, the UI is a little bit different. Uh, I can't. Don't know what else is different so far. It, it looks like. I want to say that like you encounter some bad guys sooner, but the other one was so long ago that I don't remember exactly how it started out. Okay. I have a feeling that you're gonna see like very slight differences, and then. You know, once you get to that virus that changes the legendary, it's going to kind of go off the rails. Right. So, um, I, I can tell you that it's, it that, doesn't The story, feel though, like it, is generally exactly the same outside of that? that that's just it. I'm not sure yet. I'm, I'm really not sure. I can tell you that it's not a direct sequel like Black and White 2 okay. was. Um, it does start out similar to well, i mean are you still moving to the island with your mom yeah. and you go meet the chief yeah. and all that's the same okay. yeah hmm. all that's the same but i have a feeling that it's gonna get i'm gonna start branching off into different territory so like, I, I, I think, think the way you get badges might change but i don't know yeah yeah i mean just kind of a heads up for people that were concerned that this was a glorified expansion pack that it might actually be the case <laughs> it, it might um I don't know. We'll have to. I'll have to get further in the game to kind of see for sure. And the other, the other part of the problem too is that that was a year ago, and I don't remember a whole lot about the first game because I've played a lot and slept since then. But we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll be reporting on it. I like, I like that you have to sleep as well. It's it's um, it's not just that you played a lot. It's you've played a lot and slept since then. So therefore, you don't well, remember. <laughs> Oh, you know, sleeping is kind of a memory dump for me. <laughs> and then the the last thing that I've played is, or I've I started Skya D two because I'm playing it for. Yeah, backtrack. how's that? Skya real sequel. Oh for my! Once. Well, let me let me 
put it into perspective for you. I hadn't even finished the first episode, and I was already level fifty. Oh boy! And then, so and then been, by the second, forget the story. By, you're into the gameplay. <laughs> yeah, and then by the second episode, like, well, I had Lahal at level one hundred and forty, and I had unlocked most of the like fifth tier of all the classes. So have you just found ways to to level really quickly? Yeah, yeah. That game is so freaking broken when it comes to power leveling. Oh, like, I to... literally figured out how to power level on the third map of the game. Cool. And then found an even better exploit on, like, this, like the 12th map of the game. And then there's an even better, better exploit on, like, episode six. Something about Disgaea just invokes complete and utter madness in me, and that you know, I find the exploit map, and then I just want to min-max characters and get everybody to like level two hundred and just blow through the story mode. And I don't know if that's a good way to play the game or not. I also uh, no, I think that's know... how you play that game actually. Yeah. I and I honestly right. don't know if that, that that's a deliberate decision on NIS's part or not to include that kind of stuff. So this is PS3, right? Yeah. Yeah, this is PS3. And Disgaea D2 is the direct sequel to the original Disgaea, so it has Laharl and Etna and Flan. It isn't like the other Disgaea games where it's been t- totally different characters with just cameos. And this game... Is like literally takes place right after the events of Disgaea One, and that um, Lahara was the Overlord, and people were kind of having trouble accept- accepting him as the Overlord, and are trying to basically overthrow him at the beginning of the game. And then mm-hmm. you know there's going to be plot twists and stuff like that. And right now I'm p- playing through the, the chapter where he wakes up and he's a girl for an entire chapter. Excellent. Which is weird onto itself because Laharl's voice actor is a woman. Of course. So actually hearing woman Laharl be a woman is even weirder. Fun fact, Laharl's voice actor, the male one, is Rita Repulsa. (laughs) (laughs) So did they, they, so they actually got a separate voice actor for when he's a girl? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. I would just have the same girl lady do it. And do the voice I'm, I'm pretty sure sh- that would be I'm weird. Pretty sh- yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a separate voice actor. I don't know. Maybe it's that a voice actor is actually doing a girl voice. I just know I that it's not the Rita Repulsa. Yeah, it's Rita Repulsa. You can look it up. That's amazing. And I found this out because I was playing the original game once, and my husband walked in and I was like, "Are you playing Power Rangers?" Like, no. And he's, Laharl started talking. He's like, yeah, that's Rita Repulsa. And I looked it up and I'm like, holy crap, I can't unhear it now. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's Disgaea D2. You'll probably hear me talk a lot more about it on Backtrack, Backtrack if, when we get around to recording that episode. But playing it right now. And yeah, Disgaea makes me crazy. Okay. Cool. I see. I see. You guys are distracted by Pokemon dancing on the stream. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's my favorite YouTube video about Pokemon. It's got this terrible song. 
which is also amazing. And uh, you reposted in the wrong Pokemon region is the video name, and you can go YouTube it yourself. So uh, if you are um, on this podcast and you have yet to talk about what you're playing, this is the time where I call out your name and tell you to tell us what else you've been playing, like... Jonathan. Oh, <laughs> me. That was a long transition, wasn't it? <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Tell me so about Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition, because right, oh I, yeah. <laughs> I've played this a, several times now. Okay. And for whatever reason, I've always, I always, it's actually the Baldur's Gate series is one of my favorite series of all time. But on the first game, I always get bogged down once I actually get into the big city of Baldur's Gate. So it kind of throws a whole lot of stuff. The pacing kind of slows down a little. So I'm trying to avoid that this time. Uh, I, I've i been seeing it there. I've been wanting to get back to it on my Steam list. And so I'm going through it. I made a, a, a thief swashbuckler kit. And to be honest, that's better more for Baldur's Gate 2 because I'll transition this one into that one because you don't get a lot of good thief NPCs early on especially in Baldur's Gate 2 but in Baldur's Gate 1 if there's a class that's more overly done or you have more choice or more options of it than any other it's actually thief so there's a whole bunch of them and you actually start out with a thief and MON and Baldur's Gate 1 so it's kind of redundant a little bit in my party but I finally got a um, a group going I think I'm going to go in game with I just finished cleared out the bandit camp which is, I think, chapter three, chapter four. And then I have to go to Cloakwood, and then I go on the Baldur's Gate. So right now I'm in that in-between to where I'm going to start clearing out all the little extra side questy areas. So, so how long does this game take if you do all the side quests and stuff? I think it's 60 to 80 hours. 60 to 80 hours. And this is the, the third or fourth time you've played it? Yeah. Wow. But I've never actually beaten it. Oh, the first okay. one. And, right. and then I haven't. Well, see this. I also want to do this because they have that new expansion, the Siege the of Dragon Pits? Spear. Or, oh, wait. Are we talking about the first one or the second one? I'm first one. There's, there's a, they made a Siege of Dragon Spear, which kind of is another little in-between Baldur's Gate 1, Baldur's Gate 2. Oh, right, right, and there's right, also, right, right. There's yes. Tales from the Sword Coast, which is a, a, an official. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, I guess this one's official, too. But it was the uh, back in the day official one, and then Siege of Dragon Spear is the enhanced edition expansion pack. So I get to do—I've never seen either of those. So I'm hoping to finally get through this and go through those expansion content. Wait, wait, okay. And then so there's Tales of the Sword Coast in Baldur's Gate. Oh goodness, because that you know Tales of the Sword Tales Coast of the Sword Coast as in a standalone like its own game a couple years ago, right? No, no, Tales of the Sword Coast was the original. Uh, expansion to the original Baldur's Gate back in like what 98 or something 99 oh, okay and so that was the actual Black Isle created this expansion okay and then uh, Beamdog they wouldn't put they wouldn't created Siege of Dragon Spear as a Baldur's Gate enhanced edition standalone expansion but it's really a, an expansion for Baldur's Gate 1 and it kind of has a further bridge between those two games so mm-hmm. You can move your character right along from Baldur's Gate 1, do Tales of the Sword Coast, roll them into t- uh, Siege of Dragon Spear, roll it then into Baldur's Gate 2. But and then you the get pro- Renicus, who is an amazing voice actor. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I like Renicus. And uh, the issue, though, is how can you put content in between two games that then won't affect 
what happens in the second game, right? So, hey, do you lose your level? How does that work? No, <laughs> you, you just start uh, overpowered in Baldur's Gate Two. <laughs> yeah, you do. You do start leveled up in Baldur's Gate Two. Even okay. even if you don't, uh, even if you start a character from scratch, you're still like you're like level six or seven, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But what if you leveled Somewhere up higher around. than that before then? I'm not sure how that works. I forget. Okay. I'll have to. I'll find out. I think it scales you back down. But I'm not. Uh, but I could be wrong there. It's been years since I've I've imported. Um, Man, they've got all these enhanced editions. I haven't played them. I feel bad. I know. That's what There's I'm trying Landscape to. Landscape Torment Enhanced Edition, right, sitting right yep. here, tormenting me literally. Uh, and then there's the new Planescape. I should just play both of them, one after the other. Uh. Yeah. So I was actually at a land party last weekend, and I was playing a lot of PUBG. They're playing a lot of Destiny 2, and I they're trying to get me to get it, but I I didn't really like Destiny 1 and didn't want to waste my money on 2, even though it's on PC and they're all playing. But So while they're doing that and there wasn't anything for me to play in between games, I was playing the Baldur's Gate Enhanced I hear Edition, a lot so. of good things about Destiny 2. Like, very engaging things. for like a month, and then you'll be done playing it, and then you're free. And it's like, yeah. that, sounds, that sounds good. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get into a crazy loot game for a month and then just be like done with it. No. Yeah, I get, uh, yeah. Uh, maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. And then uh, this week I re- did that. Remember, I think I talked a couple months ago about checking Seven Days to Die out again, and it uh, they added a content patch maybe a month or two ago, adding some new, you know, new enemies, some tweaks, new like electrical. Uh, electronic sister electric system where you could do wiring and powering of things they added painting they added a lot of new buildings and all kind of stuff bug fixes so uh, me and my wife my wife really loves to play it so we'll we'll get on a play and we have some other friends so we have a one of our friends runs a little server for us so anyone can pop in and out as they choose and play so we've been putting a lot of hours into that late in the night i think we're on day 22 now so we've done three blood moons and um it's a lot of fun. Um, it's kind of I I've never played Minecraft, but I I've been told it's like Minecraft meets zombie survival. So you do Minecraft of, had zombie survival. Well, I don't know. <laughs> Minecraft meets like Daisy or something. Sure. Um. So I you know I put I build the base I build our defenses. So the big thing the zombies walk during the day and they're really easy to kill during the day so i have my sledgehammer and i just run around and I smash them in the face or shoot them with my bow and arrow and uh they they're really slow but at night time they run really fast mm. and there are some feral versions that run all the time but they're kind of rare and they don't start popping up more until the end game um but so during the day they're really easy you do all your your harvesting your scavenging your your building and then at night time they start running and then on a blood moon every seven days, they all know where you are and they spawn a whole bunch of enraged zombies and they attack at your base. So the the first two blood moons are pretty easy for us. The second one, we had some bust through our spikes in our first wall, our first line of defense and got to actually to the, the building, our house, and they were beating on the front door. So I was up in the scaffolding I built up in the air that kind of surrounds our base and uh, shooting them from above with my crossbow and killing them. What do you do when you lose a blood moon? Do you have to start all the way over? Well, no. I mean, you die. When you die, you you restart at your, wherever you sit down your your, uh, sleeping bag. Okay. And so the game's not over, but it resets. So you have a thing called wellness. Um, You have a minimum 
stamina and a minimum health. And as you build your wellness up, usually from eating and drinking food and staying hopefully uh, full and hydrated, your wellness will get bigger and your your uh, max HP and stamina increment up. So I think my minimum's at 75 or 77 now. So if I die, it drops down to 77 where I just had it up over 100. So you lose a lot of health and stuff and stamina, and you do actions with stamina. So as you swing your your weapon or you swing your mining pick or your axe, it takes some stamina away. It lets you run longer, that kind of thing. So if they start killing you, they can just destroy your base, and uh, they'll, they'll smash through everything and overrun you, and you'll just keep dying and dying and dying. But there's no, like game over basically you could say game over if they've basically compromised your base and then there's no way you're gonna build a new base in one week that took you three weeks to get to where it was and then survive an even harder blood moon next week so there's some i mean the it's it's not like it's gonna completely uh, get you knock you out of the game but you get what i'm saying it's a lot of it's a progress thing then instead of a game over thing so i wonder how high that scales it's just like eventually you're just going to die no matter what you do, so you have to start over? Actually, I don't know. I'm about to find that out. Well, in a way, no. The Before this new patch, the actually, I felt in-game was too easy. Uh, you get to a point to where your skills and your weaponry are maxed out and everything, and you can really kind of, you're basically a zombie slayer, and there's only a few really hard-type zombies that can hurt you, but then you get things like you find a bunch of military bases and get a rocket launcher with a whole bunch of rockets and you just blast them, you know, the pieces. So, but in this patch, I heard they, 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 they said the you know, the early game, mid game are good in game was kind of boring. So they've tried to scale the in game better now to be more of a challenge for experienced players. So we'll see how that goes. I, I'm hoping it'll be nice and challenging. And I think it's been because I was a little worried. Our first Blood Moon was like, uh, this is it. We barely even had a strong base. We just had a few spikes out. You know, it wasn't even that big of a deal. And we survived in the problem. But this third Blood Moon was a, a bit tougher. So, and I was also, my, my level's higher. And, and you, so I mean, in a way, it is kind of RPG like. You do level your guy up by by building stuff, by crafting stuff. You, by doing, you know, using your mining pick, you get its skill higher. Um, by running around, you get your athletics up. So it's kind of maybe like a Elder Scrolls style where as you do stuff, you level it up. But then there's other things that you, when you do get levels up, you get so many, uh, skill points and you spend those skill points to unlock, you know, okay, I can craft, uh, um, I can build a workbench now and in the workbench, you can like assemble guns and, and, and other, uh, build other specialty a little equipment you can up your science skill to it unlocks certain other things you can uh, create um, like the cement mixer so you can make cement blocks instead of wood blocks to, to vend your your base with or to build your base with I should say and they take they have a lot more hit points like a wood block has like you can get up to like 900 hit points where an upgraded concrete block has 6,000 hit points so it takes the zombies a lot longer to bust through that so there are a lot of character building and, and skill but and you can make your character be good at you know attacking people with knives and swords or machetes or good with blunt weapons i have a big sledgehammer and i get the pummel pete uh skill which helps me smash in zombie heads better with the sledgehammer but if i were to pull out my knife and hit him i wouldn't be very good with it so there and then with different types of guns pistols rifles bows and arrows crossbows so it's a lot of fun, and then I can play with my wife, and she loves it. So it's kind of a game we can sit and play together. 
Nice. That's so, that one. Huh? I'm watching somebody um, dig up a treasure chest, which looks like a very oh, big yeah. ordeal. It, it can be. <laughs> I've had we've had some treasure chests where like, oh my, we've got we've there's no way because usually only in the it's only three uh, spots deep. Yeah. And. It was like right on the edge where he didn't go. He basically dug the entire area out and finally found it. And then I've had some where you run over there, you dig twice, boom, you find it. So I in my last game we played before we stopped, I built a really extensive mine. So I dig down into the dirt, probably 20, 30 uh, squares, and then I start mining it out. And I just go in a direction until I hit like an a, a iron vein. Mm-hmm. And I just start digging that out, and I just made these huge natural, or not natural, but these huge caverns of digging out iron and, and lead veins to where you could really have had like an underground dwarf city in this thing. <laughs> it was, I, I had like lights all up along the walls. I had like paved, or not paved, but like uh, like road, like walkways with like wooden blocks underneath to kind of smick and stairs and stuff. It was really, it was like a huge city under there. And then I made an escape tunnel that went all the way under, from the other because my our base was next to a river and i dug underneath the river with a little skate patch that went out all the way on the other side so if things went to shit you could jump in the mine run all the way through it and go out the escape hatch on the other side excellent yeah so you get a lot of that building lego video game legos kind of thing out of it if you if you like that kind of stuff so i mean was that just for fun or would there ever be a reason to use the escape tunnel i guess if the base got overrun so they can go in there Oh yeah, and well, the other problem, it, it does have some limitations. I, we wanted to, we had one base that was like in the in a actual um, a fork, not a fork, but we're like I guess a fork, like a little corner of the river, and so on two sides of the uh, of the base we're we're up against the river and with bridges, and so we wanted to build a moat to kind of moat our 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 base in, so they would fill in from the river. So I was starting to dig. But the water physics isn't very good, so it doesn't like fill in like water should. It'll like fill. It'll go if it, you have a higher elevation, it'll go down to the next elevation, but it won't equalize the level. So I just keep digging deep, deeper and deeper. And the problem we learned is when the zombies get in a tunnel. So if you dig a moat in front of your base and they fall in and it's deep, they dig out. Oh. So we had zombies sprouting up from our floor all oh, the time. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, it was really bad. We had to abandon that that game and start a new one because our base was <laughs> there. The, the pit worked really. The pit worked too well. Can you we can trapped... you line the moat with a the material they can't dig through? Uh, yes and no. So you can line it with. You can put concrete blocks all up and down that thing, which I do. Uh, I actually I from our my. One of my next bases I built was a, a prison in the game, and I Ooh. actually found the prison, and I turned that into our base and upgraded it. And uh, I built a pit around the wall and put spikes all in the pit, so they fall in there and get chewed up by the spikes and they get stuck. Um, and then I'd line the pit with concrete blocks, so it's not dirt where they just chew through it real quick, but the concrete does take some effort, but it's not in, nothing that's indestructible. How's a so zombie they, they, just digging through concrete? <laughs> man, they they're relentless. Apparently. <laughs> well, I mean, if you if, if they couldn't dig through concrete, you could just put concrete everywhere, and okay, game over. They yeah. can't do anything. But, yes, <laughs> that, that yes. It, I mean, but it's got like ten times the amount of hit points that a wood block or something has, or dirt even. Dirt has like 150 hit points, so compared to six thousand of a concrete block. 
So, I mean, it does take them considerably longer. You'd almost have to be, you'd almost have to just stand there and watch them and not try to kill them and don't put spikes and they'd eventually get through. But, and at nighttime, they, they attack really fast. They, they think they do more damage. So they, they pound through, they can, they can, like, if you just had a little wood fort, they would chew through a wood fort pretty quick. So, without you shooting them and slowing them down. But it's a lot of, we, there's some open servers that are PvP. And I can see some of the appeal of that, but ours, we basically played as like a co-op. And so when it's just me and my wife, we always build our base together. We have some other friends that play that come in and out and they're played a lot more before then. And we'd all have our little satellite, our separate bases and we'd kind of trade stuff and, and do, you know, run little uh, scavenging hunts together into the town, all that kind of stuff. And you can get mini bikes, which is I can't find a mini bike schematic yet. This is driving me nuts. It's one of the only schematics I haven't found. And uh, you can build a little mini bike and your travel time is so much better. So I, there's some other cities out in the distance I want to go scavenge. But it takes uh, several hours just to get there and several hours to run back. So if I had a little mini bike, I could just get over there in a, a few minutes. And uh, I say hours. This is in-game hours. Sure. Uh, 24 days. But uh so I haven't really scavenged these other towns as much as I would like because I want a mini bike to be able to shoot me back and forth pretty quickly. So it's pretty cool. I like, we, we really like it a lot. Now, uh, if people don't like doing the, the chopping down trees, you know, mining ore and then putting, you know, mixing concrete or, or forged iron in the forge and all that stuff and building things, then that's part of the game you probably wouldn't enjoy, which is a decent chunk. My wife doesn't do a lot of the building. She she likes to she likes to scavenge and she likes to uh, make spikes and farm wood, chop down trees and stuff. So I do more of the I'm more of the builder of the two of us. Have people b- figured out how to build like crazy devices? Oh uh, well, what do you mean devices? <laughs> like um. In Terraria, people built, figured like how to make a obsidian farm and made something called a crab engine where you could get infinite gold and stuff like that. And I didn't know if people figured out crazy stuff like that. I don't know anything about that. I've been on, I tried out a few public servers and I've seen some, like a guy made like a, a tower of like one block things all the way to the sky. <laughs> it looked really silly. <laughs> and then some other crazy, like, I don't know what they did. Uh, it's a, they do some really intricate building kind of, you know, think of some stuff you see in Minecraft and, and stick it in there, kind of crazy stuff. And uh, I do that. Those little things they they did add uh, traps in this in this pack, and I haven't tried them out yet. So you have like electrical trip wires or uh, uh, pressure plates, and you can like have shotgun turret trap or like a, a electrified zapping trap and all kind of uh, a saw trap. So it, zombies step on a pressure plate and it like chops their head off the saw or something so yeah, they that, added all that in but i haven't tried it yet that's the kind of stuff that i love about these building games is the, the things that people come up with just the in-game tools to make just all sorts of mm-hmm. insane contraptions some of them that the developers didn't even realize you could do oh these are actually in there i just haven't okay. unlocked the i haven't unlocked trap shit and my skill bar i've been working on my tools and other things so and I need to get more forged steel to get the wiring tool because I built a generator bank to start wiring a bunch of lights around so I don't have to use torches. So I can like spotlight the outside of the walls to see the zombies better at night. So that kind of stuff. But you can you have a lot of freedom to do do all those kind of things. It's pretty fun. The, the biggest thing, I guess the hardest thing is the 
the initial familiarity learning curve of, okay, what do I do next? What should I do now? Or to us now, it's, I already know, okay, I got to do this, to do this, to do this. And my brother was jumping on and playing. I was like, okay, I don't know what to do. You know, what do I do? He's like, well, do whatever you want. I, was like, I don't know what to do. So you kind of, new players can kind of get the what what do I do dilemma at times. But once yeah. you kind of get a little familiar with the game, it's, there's not enough time in the day to do everything I want to do. The answer to that like, is oh, always just, just start again. digging. Start digging, yeah, usually, you'll go somewhere. <laughs> digging, scavenge. The big thing I like to do for new players is it's kind of fun to scavenge. So oh, okay. who doesn't like digging through your house, finding goodies, right? And then mm-hmm. while you're there, you kill zombies while you're doing it. And you, so you level up, and you level up, you unlock other stuff, and you can start doing more things. So we that's call this usually the best. As Link. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So that's the the best thing to start is a scavenge. But you need to make a base because you also got to make sure you got food and stuff too. So we're lucky our house is this space is near a desert and there's yucca plants and you can grab those and those feed you and give you a little yucca stamina plants. boost. <laughs> yep. And they're really you just run around, you grab all the yucca fruit and so you and you can snack on those and then you kill animals and you can skin them or you can farm and you can find like canned goods and stuff. So our little pantry is pretty stocked with a bunch of food. So that was that we're lucky on that regard. Mm-hmm. The yuccas uh, we use as our staple. So I guess that's it for that game. If you guys ever want to join us, uh, I have a server IP and you can play with us. And we, you know, we've been playing a bunch. It's a lot of fun. We can help you out. Cool. Um, and how how like how much does the server stay up before you have to reset it and start a new one? It's uh, we. Uh, one of my friends is running it on it. He has his dedicated server. Well, I figured. Okay. It's up all the time. But like, if the game, if you have to start over because you've gotten stuck in the progression. So you have to make a, essentially a fresh server? Uh, you could, yeah. So we would just tell them, hey, reset the game or restart, start a new one. Yeah. And you could start a new one. We've done that. This is probably our fourth server, our first yeah. ga- fourth game. And we stopped the other time. The last time we just kind of ran it. Well, we, we did a lot. We played it a lot. And so our, we kind of run its course. And then the first two, the first one was the moat one. The second one... I built in this industrial town, so it's actually really difficult and it was annoying. And we built far away, and we just kind of hey, let's try. It. We didn't like the area after a while, so let's start a new one. And then that's when I did the prison one. Prison one was my most recent and the one I put the most time into. And then cool. now we're in this one. Yep. So I mean, it's kind of up to you. You can reset it whenever you want. I mean, we could reset it now, but we're still in like the the good meat of it. But well, no, I think. it sounds and, like you guys are getting to where you want to be. Yeah, we're still not even. I, we, we're still mid game. We're not. We're not in game yet at all. And then the last thing I've been playing a little bit of, not too much, a few battles is uh, going back to Ogre Battle. Now this is a game, the, the Super Nintendo Ogre Battle. I've probably beaten half a dozen times or more since I was a kid. I used to rent this at Blockbuster and take it. For, yeah, Blockbuster actually had a copy, a Super Nintendo copy of Ogre Battle. I was really lucky. Uh, my local one and. Um, I would take it home and try to beat it in a weekend, and I, I did that a few times and try the different uh, endings. But I was digging around, and I found something that's actually not that new. I just don't know why I hadn't seen it before. Uh, Ogre Battle Army Balancing Mod, and one of my biggest gripes after playing Ogre Battle a lot is—is is this a ROM hack? Yes, uh, a lot of them I didn't like. Or so, class, there's basically. 
if you play it enough and you you know the game enough, you know the best kind of characters and, and party compositions to use where certain ones, certain paths like the witch kind of gets really weak in game. Uh, the evil ones, which is the upgrade of the berserkers, which is kind of like the low alignment version of the knights only get two attacks instead of three. So they're really inferior compared to the paladins who get three attacks, that kind of thing. So they didn't balance things very well. And so I'm going to read the description of the mod. This mod makes the previously undervalued units useful and adds a new class to the witch line, which you can promote to a level 15. And you can use an undead ring to become a sorceress. The mage promotes different... Um, he, many attacks have been changed to make the game more enjoyable. They, they tweak the vampires. They tweak the cockatrice. Uh... Cockatrice, or whatever you want to say. Um, giants and golems are now a regular chain of promotion. Before you couldn't chain, you couldn't promote the giants or golems. You just had to get one of a certain type. It, it was weird. So just some adrenals and dragoons are three back row attacks. Uh, the lich is a little. Uh, they they tweaked the lich to actually be a little less powerful because he would get three full party magic attacks. So lich would basically is like ultimate destroy everything, and they made it only two to where he's not so overpowered. Um, so it's just to make all the classes feel more useful. And they also added a thing like a, a fatigue system to where you can't just send one OP unit around and kill everything. Uh, as they, as they fight in a bunch of battles in a row, they do less damage and, uh, yeah, basically just less damage. So they fatigue down. So you kind of got to use a balanced mix of, of groups to, to attack the enemy, or they'll get overrun and lose because they're not doing as much damage. So, I'm wanting to. I've been wanting to try out this new challenge and uh, this to see all these changes. And I've read some good things about what people say on this. So, unless you're an ogre battle nerd like me, it probably doesn't make a lot of sense, or it doesn't. But for those who, a few of us who play this game or play this game a lot, it's a uh, should be like a breath of fresh air and one of my favorite games. I've never been able to figure out this game on the SNES. They don't really have a tutorial when you fire it up. No, it doesn't. And <laughs> even even the story, it's one of those that doesn't have a very strong plot in of it, like a main plot. You just kind of, okay, you're just doing stuff. Mm -hmm. The story is all about picking up the little bits and pieces from liberating towns and talking to the people and going back and talking. So you get like the story from like little bits of dialogue. You know what I mean? And, you, mm -hmm. and then you kind of pull everything together and, oh, okay, this is what happened. A lot of it's actually pretty clever and kind of mystifying in a way. I don't want to say that word, but uh, it, it, it kind of paints a big picture with a few words and, and you kind of fill in the gaps. And actually, I kind of end up liking the, the way the story is done and some of the, uh, you know, you're going through and this after this war happened and. Uh, the evil empire kind of took stuff over, killed a bunch of people of the old good, you know, the good kingdom, and uh, the beloved king, and and so you're picking up, so you're picking up some of the old veterans that that have gone into hiding and to join you, and some of the old veterans have turned sides and are reluctantly fighting for them for the good of their people. So there's a lot of morality and political stuff, and and but it's not, it doesn't say, it doesn't come out and tell you in your faith. You just kind of gotta put things together and, and get little little bits of it and say, oh, okay, I see what they're saying here. Or, oh, okay, I can sympathize with this guy, you know, that kind of stuff. Does this tie into Tactics Ogre at all? Yes, Tactics oh. Ogre is a different style of game, obviously. It's more of yeah. a, 
the ogre battle is kind of a real-time strategy. It's actually it's very unique in, in the way it does battle, but it's more of a real-time strategy game RPG, where tactics is the tactical turn-based version, mm-hmm. um, like Fire Emblem or Shining Force stuff like that. Um, but characters like the first character you get in Ogre Battle, uh, which is a little hidden town on the northeast side of the very first map, is Lons. And Lons is uh, you meet him like early on a tactics ogre. So the, there there are definitely some character and story. And then the first boss, which is Warren, uh, he joins your team. Uh, he's like testing you out. He is like your there's thing called the Warren Report on in tactics ogre, and he's he's like your little mentor guy. Oh right, right. So those are several characters in ogre battle show up that they, they, they go over to detect cannabis your guy you have like from early on when you're bit he you get him in like the fourth third fourth battle in ogre battle so i also love that you know getting to play with my the characters to carry over and uh and then ogre battle 64 is also a sequel it actually happens right around the same time tactics ogre does but in a different location and then there's different characters in ogre battle 64 that comes over from ogre battle so um, like the main hero, uh, Canopus's buddy Gilbert, I believe, a few others, uh, Debonair, which is one of the generals, they're in Ogre Battle 64. Now, Ogre, the Ogre, the Tactics Ogre on the Game Boy Advance is a prequel to the Tactics Ogre. I think it happens about the same time as Ogre Battle is happening, but there's no carryover between Ogre Battle and it. There's a slight carryover between it and Tactics Ogre. And I need to play this series again because I loved Let Us Clean, Clean Together on the PSP. That was one of my favorite games on that system. Oh yeah, I love I love that game. I used to play the I had the PS One and beat that a few times. And I uh, Ogre the Ogre Battle Tactics Ogre series. It may be my favorite. I don't know. It's but it's it's really high up there. I love I love these games. I love the the kind of more serious political dark kind of stories and history of it so but if you ever need help i can help you get started in ogre battle yeah i'm sure there are youtube videos that i just need to sit down and watch Mm -hmm. that could help help out it's not for everyone yeah for sure it's uh it's very um uh, once you get it once you know how it works it's actually pretty easy and it's kind of easy to make your team almost overpowered if you know the, if you get the, but for someone who's new to it, it was for me at first, it's definitely really overwhelming. I remember our first time of playing it. It was, I had a friend who had already played it. It kind of set, we, I'd rented it. He told me about it. We sat down and he, he kind of showed me how to play. So had I not had him, it would have been really hard to get into it. And it was still difficult, even with him, you know, him telling me stuff because he was still somewhat new to it as well. So you, you learn, you know, what, what characters you like, what creatures you like, and you get to play around with your, um, battle formations and all that. So it's all about where you put your characters and 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 in the group and how you organize it. But so that's what I've been playing. A bit long winded today. You know, you got me looking at all these ROM hacks out here for Ogre Battle. I've got a <laughs> lot of them. And it's like... Yeah, there's a yeah, there's some. This one looked the most appealing to me. Got some that added additional items and classes. Some that yep. change things. Yeah, some just fix bugs. Very confusing. So many options. So, uh, all right. And with that, I think we should start the news, don't you? Yes. Yep. All right. Let's do that. 
First news story, Radiant Historia Perfect Chronology is coming out in February. Finally have a release date. February 13, 2018 in America and in Europe in February 16th, 2018. Um, that is the 3DS remake of the DS RPG. Now we have a date. Not much to talk Can't about there. Can't wait for that game. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I played through it on the DS version and enjoyed it a lot, but it felt like that there was a little, I don't know, it, it felt a little bit old and clunky when I played through it, even though I did enjoy the story. So I'm hoping that the remake will kind of address some of those issues. Well, it's going to have a, an extra chapter added to it, too. Yeah, that too. Plus, a, a lot of people didn't get to play this because it had such a low print run, so I'm glad more people are going to get to enjoy it. Cool. Yeah, I've never played it, but I'm kind of looking forward to it. It yeah. was a good game. Un unlike our next news story, uh, Atelier Lady and Swell is going to be the third title in the Mysterious uh, Atelier series, which... I haven't heard good things about any of the mysterious series of games. That trilogy doesn't seem to be doing well. That's kind of sad. But it will be coming to North America March 27th and Europe on March 30th for PC and PS4 and Switch. So maybe being portable will make this uh, much more appealing. Who knows? Maybe this will be the one. None of you all play uh, Atelier games, right? I, I do. I played the first of the Mystery Trilogy. What do you but think? I, I never... I never finished it, and it wasn't necessarily because I wasn't having a good time, but because I think something else came out. Oh. But um, I know Anna and but I both kind of agreed that having an Atelier game without a time limit seemed just makes the game seem even more overwhelming because you don't have a pressing need to do anything. And I think that's the problem with the Mystery Trilogy is that taking out the time limit kind of broke things in the series hmm. so the only atelier game i've played is atelier iris eternal mana on the ps2 and that did mm -hmm. not have a time limit and that was okay but that was a very different style game at that point yeah <laughs> yeah that, that was more rp more like adventure rpg and yeah. less crafting simulator with rpg you had to craft elements. a lot but yeah you're right all right well Oh, what do we got? Oh, we have a, uh, we have uh, Super Daryl Deluxe. It's got an announcement for PC, PS4 and PC. So Super Daryl Deluxe is coming on PS4 and PC sometime in spring 2018. There's a title, uh, excuse me, a trailer for it. Um, it is a RPG-vania game is what they're calling it. 2D side-scrolling action RPG that follows Daryl Whitelaw. He's the new kid at a high school and um, has to solve problems that are going on there. And he gets some, oh, he gets a self-help book that gives him abilities. So I like that. <laughs> um, so it looks kind of neat. I don't know. We'll see if this turns out in anything good. It looks like a Napoleon Dynamite fan exactly. game. Exactly, yeah. I just like the self-help book is how you level up. That's, That's good. something different. Yep. <laughs> uh, Shining Resonance Refrain. Uh, it's coming to PS4 in Japan. Uh, Sega's announced this. It's a remastered version of the PS3 title, Shining Resonance. Shining Resonance Refrain will be released for PS4 in Japan on March 28th. We don't know anything about it coming to the West, but um, yeah, you can keep hoping. <laughs> Maybe. 
I don't think we've gotten a Shining game since the PS2. Yeah. Probably that for... That makes me that's sad. That's probably good. No. I'm one of the weird people that likes the the action games. I thought that they mm. were okay. The first one's not that okay, Kelly. What Which one, Shining Tears or Shining no, Force Shin- Neo? Uh, Neo or Exa, whichever the first of those two was. Um, that was Neo. Yeah, I didn't like Neo. I played I, it for a and while, and it's 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 not good. I enjoyed Neo quite a bit, wow. but I um, I don't know. I think that was a time in my life when I needed more Diablo clones in my life. But it's not a good Diablo game. Oh, I don't know. I don't know, uh, Kelly. Uh, I'm also weird. <laughs> I hear Exa is a lot better, I, I so I got to find... try that one. Yeah. See, I actually didn't like Exa because I thought it was more of a rehash of Neo. <laughs> <laughs> but All right. Uh, I'm just watching this trailer now for Shining Resonance, and it's like... Yeah, I, I was annoyed at that trailer. I was like, are you going to show any gameplay, or are you just going to show characters? It looks like they don't show any char- any gameplay, and just human and elves, which is kind of weird, because that game has a bunch of other character species, so... Okay, whatever. Or that series, rather, has a bunch of other species. But Give us all the exotic stuff. Make it fun. Uh, Path of Exile. Okay, so um, Alex got uh, was uh, on a preview call about the new Path of Exile uh, expansion. Um, they did a full announcement of it uh, two days ago, the 16th. And so it's called War for the Atlas. It's the latest expansion. Chris Wilson uh, gave us a sneak preview. We can read a whole thing about it on the, on the, uh, the site. And sorry, I'm just trying to see if I can hit the big pieces here. Um, Got a bunch of new endgame content. Um, There's a whole new atlas to build or put to fill out. Um, I don't know what you do with the atlases. (laughs) So I'm trying to uh, get all this quickly. Yep. So story stuff is, you know, there's more story stuff going on. And... Uh, new items, new skills, uh, new skill gems, six new support gems, uh, lots of stuff. So anyway, if you want to um, check that out, they've got a trailer. We've got the write-up of all the little details. Um, if you're a Path of Exile expert, which I am not, I've only ever made it to like chapter four in that game or something like that, or act four, and now there's like act 10 or 12. <laughs> so I don't know. Check that out. Who's Jonathan? You must be Path of Exile, right? I played some Path of Exile. Yes, yes. I wouldn't call myself an expert, but you would. Uh, are you going to play any more? Are you done with that? No, I would. I didn't play much this last one. Uh, my friends are playing. They've added a my lot biggest, to it. <laughs> I know. My biggest problem with Path of Exile is not is having to plan out your yeah. your um skill set ahead of time it sounds like if, if you, you're playing for the first time you should just take a build guide and accept that and then worry yes. about doing the in-depth builds like later on in your path of exile career. well i mean you can easily go on a bad path and make your character basically crap. exactly yeah and you're stuck with your crap so you know i you, what respect. i did when i was playing through no um you can get nodes you can get items to undo a single node at a time but it's a giant it, sphere grid so it's like yeah mm, 
yeah, and they're very limited. You you only get so many of them, and so you can't do a, f- a full wipe respec. It's a the, it, they mean it's it, very, they mean yeah. it to be like Diablo two, where you just start a fresh character. Yes, um, and they which want you to make lots of characters. Yeah, which is yeah. So giant time sink. You need people to help power level you and stuff like that, or people that can help you do a build. So a lot of yes. the fun is playing around with the builds. Yeah, when but. I was doing it, I just said, okay, I'm going to make somebody who's good at fire stuff, so I'll just search through the grid for all the things that I can reach from here that help fire, and I'll go out towards the edge and uh, have a path of progression. And that's what I did, and I'm sure it wasn't optimal. So. Well, the biggest thing you're supposed to do, you're supposed to pick a, a skill or two mm-hmm. that you base your build off of. So you okay. do like a molten this thing. And, so, and there's certain skills that are obviously a lot better than others, so there's kind of the best builds to do kind of like wow pvp build but even more more so like um so no this is like old d2 except there's a lot more things to plan out well you pick a skill and then you got to base your whole grid around being that kind of attack and doing this thing with your character and it takes a lot of pre-planning and to me a lot of times i don't even know what skill i'd want to use because i don't even know what they did you know and so you can start and play around it doesn't let you play around with things very much nope. or if you do it's more of a throwaway character to see what what it's like yep. but that's a lot of redoing a lot of the same stuff so it's but there are some things i love the way it looks love the gameplay i do like a lot of the aspects of it so it's one of those love i wouldn't say hate but love frustration balances for me pascal did you ever finish the surge uh yeah um you reviewed Whatever, it, right? Months, yeah. months ago. Yeah, yeah, reviewed it. It was good. They've got an expansion coming that takes place in a amusement park. You going to jump into that? <laughs> Maybe. This is kind of the same story um, as, I'm, I don't know, I'm apprehensive with DLC. And, and the sur- same story as with Horizon, but with Horizon, I, I really like the story. So I kind of felt like I had more of a reason to go back. Uh, with the surge, I think the story was one of the maybe like the weakest parts about the game. Um, the combat was really good, so uh, you get to beat up mascots. <laughs> Come on! Oh, mascots! Yeah, that could be fun. Yeah. Well, because dismemberment is such a, a big thing in the surge, so dismembering mascots is something new. Yeah, but um, yeah, is that you know? enough uh to make me super excited i don't know we'll see it was um i really liked it so it's enough to make me interested at the very least let's well it's coming out on december 5th and you can decide then it's 15 bucks so and there's a trailer around the corner yep um food review (laughs) is announcing that they're putting out a remake of the caligula effect uh, for ps4 so that was on Vita, I think, before, right? Yeah, it was in Vita in Japan and North America and Europe. Yeah, earlier this year. So um, Caligula Overdose is the remake. It's going to be or the re-release. It's uh, out May 17, 2018. Uses Unreal Engine 4. It'll also gonna. It's going to get an anime in Japan. They are redoing the UI, upgrading the visuals. They're going to have a substantial amounts of new content. A forbidden musician route doubles the length of the game scenario, whatever that means. And there'll be multiple endings, new go-home club members, new musicians, new songs, a selectable female protagonist, 
protagonist. And do we have any info on when it's coming here or if it's coming here? No, we don't. So there you go. I don't think that game reviewed well on the site. No, I don't think it did. But that's a lot of changes they're making, so that might help. Uh, Portal Knights is coming to the Switch. Uh, 505 Games is doing this one. It's being released for Switch on uh, November 23rd, so that's uh, this week. It'll be available for 30 bucks. North America is getting a physical edition as well. There's a mobile release in the works. Portal Knights is a com- cooperative sandbox action RPG. Hey, this is what Jay Mustang likes to play. With up to four players able to join forces online or on a local network. Um... It was released earlier this year on PC, PS4, and Xbox One. So, oh, it's all, they're like kids. Okay. Yeah, I don't know anything about this game. It looks cute. It's very That's cute and sure. Minecrafty and Lego-y. So. Maybe uh, if Seven Days to Die is too scary for you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally, we got a, an indie update. So let's check this out. We have, uh, first off, some info on All Walls Must Must Fall, which was a tech noir tactical RPG that was funded through Kickstarter. Uh, It's coming out in early 2018. It is on early access right now, so you can go try it out if you're into it. All Walls Must Fall. I think, is this the one? Yeah, this is the Cold War tactical game. No, this is... Is this the one Anna played, or is this a different? This is a different one. Okay, so it looks interesting. Um, it's very Cold War-y, um propaganda fil- um, art style thing going on there. So check that out. Um, Taco Pizza Cat Games, which is a fantastic company name, has p- announced Cynical Seven, which is a comical narrative RPG inspired by Toby Fox's Undertale. So okay. Comedy's hard, guys, so having a comedy game inspired by another comedy game, um, you may want to wait and see how this one turns out. <laughs> but they're they're looking for funding on Kickstarter. Um, it follows uh, Triss, who is an antisocial failing developer who attends a party at the request of a friend. And there's a free demo, so you can try that out. See if you want to fund it after playing that. It is They want six grand. They're at 2400 it's 10 bucks to get the game, and if you want to spend crazy amounts of money, $6,000, receive the only copy of the prologue. Um, if there was someone so insane about this that, that they just wanted to fund it, that would be awesome, and there's only one reward I could see fitting such a gesture, a one-of-a-kind exclusive prologue chapter. This would be the only person to receive this, and if you chose to, you'd have the power to share it with the masses, um, or of course you could choose not to. Uh, the prologue chapter would shed light on the events of Triss's past during the darkness and the conception of the, his manifested demon. So basically, they wrote the script for this, and they chose not to release it, so now you could buy it. So anyway, there you go. That's uh, something you could do. Let's check that out on Kickstarter. Cynical 7 is the name. Um, Chemco has put two more RPGs out. Chemco alert! Chemco alert! <laughs> The first game is the bo- is Bond of oh excuse me Bonds of the Skies. Uh, this came out on iOS and Android already. It's now available on 3DS for ten bucks. The second game is Antiquia Lost, which is also been released on iOS, Android, PC, PS4, and Vita. And they're going to have a Switch release now in North America and Europe. So there's your Chemco updates. Team Adam has announced Ultimate Adam. A follow-up to its long-in-development long, long in development roguelike Adam. That's spelled A-D-O-M. 
Ancient Domains of Mystery is what it stands for. And I've just announced that and what? Uh, sometime in 2018. So if you're into Atom, there's some news. Enchanted Software, which is a studio set up by somebody from Microprose Europe named Stuart Bell. So if you know him, then this is for you. He's begun a Kickstarter for a new game called Legends of Enchantment. This is a fantasy action RPG um, inspired by literature like Beowulf, Nordic and Arthurian legends, and the Fairy Queen. So they're looking for 100000 by December 18th. They're currently at... Th Wait, what? That's not true, is it? Oh, they just started. They want a hundred. <laughs> this is sad. They want a hundred thousand euro uh, pounds, and they're at two hundred forty pounds. So they have a long way to go. <laughs> they need some press coverage or something. I don't know. Um, for five bucks, you get a thank you. For twenty bucks, you get the or twenty five bucks. For five pounds, you get a thank you. That's seven dollars. For twenty six dollars, you get a copy of the game. If you want to go crazy on this Kickstarter, for $10,494, you can nominate a work experience hero. Nominate yourself or someone else to join us for a work experience for a week. We will take you through making of the game and send you home with an understanding of game creation. Plus, you get to go to the launch party. You have to pay for your own travel. You can create a character and work with our artist on Skype to participate in its creation. A game creation and art book signed by the main team. A plushie of the main character. A personalized boxed copy of um, the game Legends of Enchantment mouse map your face will appear as a digital image in the Legends of, en of Enchantment Hall of Fame and uh, Legends of the he Enchantment Hero t-shirt a code to download the game and their thanks um, they're going to need a number of those donors to hit their goal at this point but they have 29 you, you, days to go what, go ahead you, you just mentioned uh, another Kickstarter with the, the $6,000 goal and this one is 100,000 pounds mm -hmm. Yeah. What about it? Dot dot dot. They go they they vary by a lot. Oh yeah, they vary. Okay. <laughs> Here's another one. My Uncle Merlin. This is uh an interactive adventure game enriched with some RPG elements. Uh it stars Eddie, he's apprenticed to his wizard uncle Merlin, and they explore the universe on a tower moved around by a dragon. Okay. And those looking to try the game, they've got a demo on the campaign page. They want $22,000. They're at $1,500. Um, if you want a copy of the game, it is $8. If you want to go crazy, it is $2,000. The Imparting Grandmaster Wizard, if you've never made a game yourself, or if you simply like our project so much that you really want to be part of it, this is probably the way to go. You'll get a chance to get to know us, our view of the project, see all aspects of our development process, and in the end, create an awesome location all of our players can enjoy. Also includes some other bonuses from the previous years. So they're, they're targeting July 2018. We'll see. Um, let's see. That's it for indies. We got some editorials. Horizon Zero Dawn, The Frozen Wilds. Pascal wrote a deep look, didn't you, Pascal? Yes. So if you want his uh, more written out thoughts, you can go read that on the site. Uh, we've got a review of Knights, and Az Knights of Azure 2. That did not go great. <laughs> so you'll have to go read that. <laughs> uh, we have Empire, spelled with a Y. Lords of the Seagates, a review by uh, Papa Dimitrio. So, let's see. A.K.A. Harry. He gave it a 1 out of 5, so that's not good. 
Um, so you can go read how that went. It's an indie strategy RPG. Uh, and we have an impression of Xenoblade Chronicles 2. How do we have that? Oh, we've got a copy of it already, don't we? So that's also from Eric. Uh, Eric. That's also from Alex. You can see what he's been thinking about Xenoblade Chronicles 2. So, yay. Uh, I'm going to read that later. All right. Woo! Now some briefs for you. We got a bunch of Okami HD videos. This is for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC release. So you can go um, see how the game's shaping up to look on those platforms. We have the multiplayer for Final Fantasy 15 is out now, but we don't really know anything about it because nobody cares enough to play it. <laughs> it's, nope. It's part of the season pass. It's 20 bucks on its own. I know nothing about what's going on in it, and I haven't heard anything about what's going on in it. So I guess one of us is going to have to bite the bullet on that, but yeah. Oh, not it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, next up is episode Ignis. Um, there's a trailer for Pillars of Eternity 2. Ooh, I'm going to watch that later. Oh, wait, no, maybe I shouldn't because it might spoil Oh, yeah, the, the beta's one. out. Oh, the cool. backer beta's out. I All have right. it, but I haven't tried it yet. So I need to get, I need to, get to that. Neato. It's an early gameplay trailer, it looks like. But uh, Here's uh, Death End Re Semicolon Quest. has a trailer and a bunch of character art being showed. This is a... What is this? This is a Compile Heart game. So you can see what's going on there. That is a, a Japan-only game right now. Uh, we have Trails of Cold Steel. PS4 has a release date, and that date is March 8, 2018. Trails of Cold Steel 1... What the heck? Hold on. Okay, so the first Trails of Cold Steel game, dubbed Trails of Cold Steel 1, Kai, Thor's Military Academy 1204... It's a remake of the first, it's a port of the first game to PS4. It'll be released March 8, 2018. 60 frames a second, 4K resolutions. I don't know if you get those at the same time or not. Um, you get a high speed skip option for both events and combat. That sounds really nice. We have uh, no news about a Western release. Um, or if those features are coming to the PC as well. I hope so, but I don't really know. Whew. And the new Pokemons are out, as Kelly told you earlier, but you knew that Yay. already. And what is this? Noctis is coming to Tekken 7? What? Okay, there's a trailer for this. There's a, okay, we've got a, we've got a zoom in on a radio. The camera starts to, to pan out. And we see what looks like one of the shops, like the convenience stores in Final Fantasy 15. We see a cell phone on the counter of that store. We zoom in. A character walks over, picks up the cell phone. He's told, sorry, you're the only one I can count on. And you, you see, oh, it's Noctis saying, geez, whatever, I'll do it. I'm counting on you. And then the next thing we see, he's going and talking to the Choco Bros. Skip forward a little bit. And boom, he's in Tekken. All right, so Noctis is in Tekken, and he does Noctis things, beating up people. So is this going to make you play Tekken, Kelly? Uh, call me when Gladio gets in there. I'd so, <laughs> rather so see He's in him. the background, so they've got a stage with uh, everybody. It's the, the Sid's garage area where oh. Cindy and Sid hang out. So like that first Hammerhead Station area, I think. So you, you, so they and there's chocobos on it, so don't worry about that. And they they bob up and down and cheer during the fight. So, um, I also posted a link relevant to this little 
thing there that's all it's visual but you'll have to read it yeah let's see (laughs) phone call from cloud hey man how was your day lol it was all right just got done beating up mario and sonic what's up with you never mind man i gotta go fight geese howard and akuma akuma (laughs) this is weird I think I saw another one where people were like they the fan fantasy characters thought they were all going to the same game, but they ended up in different games and got confused. <laughs> like Cloud's dealing with Mario and Sonic, and Noctis is in the game where the dude's got a, a tiger head, and I don't know what's going on anymore. Uh, we had a question of the week. Um, oh, I lost it. I put it in here, but I lost it. Oh, did I accidentally put it here? I did. Bring it back. Oh, our question of the week was... <laughs> do I remember? When are you done with an MMO? Victor wrote in and said, Hey, uh, for the question of the week, the first MMOs I played, I was done when I finally got sick of grinding the same monsters or running the same dungeons over and over. I suspect I'll be done with World of Warcraft when the servers are taken offline and not before. Uh, I did take a few months break once, but it was only a matter of time before I'd come back to collecting mounts and pets, playing through class hall stories, and chasing achievements. Uh, The other MMOs I tried were quickly abandoned because I wanted to play WoW instead, so I'm pretty much done with spending money on MMOs I know I won't get into anyway. (laughs) So so Victor's answer is basically never. Uh, Also, Victor comments about Japanese light novels. It's not necessarily a novella, but it can be. It also means it's written with kanji that are more commonly used so that most Japanese consumers will find it easier to read and won't have to look up kanji in a dictionary to fully understand it. So, oops, I didn't mean to close those. Whew. All right. We're in the final stretch here. Folks, here's what's coming out this week. On PS4, we've got Monster of the Deep. That's the Final Fantasy 15 VR fishing game. It's finally here, Kelly. You going to get a VR helmet to go fishing? Oh, get back with you on that. <laughs> Elder Scrolls V Skyrim VR as well. Mm-hmm. Um, the Switch just got Elder Scrolls V Skyrim on it, so now you can have portable Skyrim. Anyone jumping on that? Maybe Santa Maybe will Santa. bring me that. Battle Chef really? great. What? Oh, man. What? I'm, I'm annoyed by it. Why? Skyrim again. I don't, I don't know what I don't know what annoys me more. The Final Fantasy fish, uh, fishing or another release of Why Skyrim. Why does it annoy you? you? It's a game. You don't have to play it. It's for people <laughs> who haven't played it. Oh, it, I don't know. Maybe I'm, someone I'm wants Skyrim portably, it. and they've been dreaming of this for years. <laughs> since 11-11-11. I actually saw on Reddit a lot of businessmen that were really happy about the Skyrim on Switch thing because they want to be able to play it like in their hotel room, but don't want to bring their PS4 with them. Mm. So, more accessibility airplane. is good. It's very disappointing, though. I saw a quick look of this in Giant Bomb. When you summon an amiibo, the character does not go, Amiibo! And they really missed an opportunity by not having him do that. And so I'm very disappointed in them. Because he totally should. Do you guys think it's a little much to ask a full $60 retail price for it? It comes with all the uh, DLC, though. Yeah. Um, the answer for you, Pascal, I think is yes. It should be 40 bucks, in my opinion. Yeah. But so should the VR one. Uh, all right. Well, uh, Battle Chef Brigade also coming out on the Switch. This is kind of a, mat- a puzzle game, match three plus a 
a side-scrolling killing monsters game where you collect ingredients and cook and it's not rpg but i've been watching this one since like patch packs and e3 and i think it looks neat so um also on 3ds we talked about the pokemons already river city rival showdowns out as well uh, or coming out soon i forget which it is but uh that's that's in the new release category for this week so if you're into river city be excite um was and then the, piece- was that the digital only one uh, or do it, you know? Is it digital only? Well, the person I can ask who is kind of not feeling well. So let's oh, see okay. if I can find out. Uh, Rival Showdown. Rival Showdown. We had a story about this last week, so I should know this. <laughs> they are paying, They are making a physical edition. Oh, okay. And you get a keychain. So. Okay, that's what I... I know that there was one that was being released digital only and one that was being I think the the was... the fantasy the one that takes place in the past. Okay. That was the one that was digital only, I think. So that was 3DS, I think. I I can't keep all this straight. I need Anna for that. <laughs> uh Battle Chef Brigade also coming to PC and that wraps up the new releases for the week because it's that time of year where pretty much all the games are out, right? There's not much else to look forward to other than Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I suppose. There's a lot of stuff to play. Here's what's on the RP Gamer upcoming release list as far as big RPGs. We've got River City coming out in three days. Portal Knights, we already talked about. Star Ocean, The Last Hope International. (laughs) Boot Hill Heroes Episode 2. That's going to be a small one, though, right? So Seven, The Days Long Gone, maybe? Xenoblade Chronicles 2, December 1st. Spellforce three on the seventh, Tokyo Xanadude EX Plus. That's it for the net for the year. Nothing till Nino Kuni in January. Hmm. Maybe a couple other things will sneak in at the end there. But outside of Xenoblade, it sounds like just catch up on all the stuff you've got. Um, there's a lot of good stuff out. Or catch up on Boot Hill Heroes one so you can be ready for the sequel. Because that's kind of a cool game. Oh, oh, all right. I think that's it. What are you going to play, Kelly? What are you playing this week? Um, More Pokemon, more Disgaea D2. Okay. Pascal? Um, I have the, the whole week off, so I'm I'm eyeing a lot of stuff. Uh, finish South Park. I think I might want to go to back to XCOM 2. Um, I have the... the "Quote unquote new King's Quest on on the hard drive that I have been meaning to play. Oh, cool! You got a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> that's nice. And then uh, Jonathan, I'm sure more Seven Days to Die. My wife's already. Hey, when's that podcast over? We need to go play. But <laughs> reminded reminded her I have my eye appointment after this anyway, so Aww. she needs to cool down. <laughs> but uh, that and uh, I probably just more of what I've been playing, more Baldur's Gate uh, Seven Days, but. Uh, I I don't want to get too burned in seven days. She's going to keep wanting to play, so I'll have to mix it in. Well, I'm going to keep plugging on along in my Final Fantasy se- uh, 14 gardening, my Harvest Moonlight of Hope gardening, and my Battlefront 2 s- stabbing all the things with Star Wars lightsabers and listening to the sound effects. Um, and that's going to be it for the next two weeks for us. We're going to be skipping next week because Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll be back the following week. Uh, as always, you can catch us at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern at uh, twitch.tv slash rpgamer. 
and you can subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. You can go to the site and join us on the forums. Join the show thread, forums.rpgamer.com. Go enjoy the discussion and contribute and answer our question of the week, which is, what are you thankful for in the world of video games this week in honor of Thanksgiving? So... Let us know that. Skyrim. And, yeah, Skyrim. <laughs> Skyrim. Twitch. Oh, no, All not, the remakes. Not, not Twitch. Switch. Skyrim on Switch. No, just the Switch. It's an awesome system. Okay, perfect. Um, and we'll see you next time. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. All right, feedback. Podcastrpgamer.com. 608-729-4098. We'll call, you call us and we'll play your call. And go to the show thread. Forumsrpgamer.com. Post your feedback. I need lots of feedback from when we come back. Um, and tell us about your, your Black Friday stories, too. That's also important. So what are you thankful for? And what's going on with Black Friday? I want to hear horror stories. Tell me about crazy people going crazy over TVs, okay? Give me your Black Friday horror stories. So that's two, two questions because two weeks. Black Friday horror stories. Unless it's yeah, actual horror, home. then you can keep that to yourself, you know, because I don't want to pry. But like if it's, you know, funny people going crazy over a microwave, I want to hear it. I stay home and put up my Christmas tree. I don't. I'd get arrested if I went out on Black Friday. I know it. <laughs> There's some good deals. Like Destiny 2's got a good deal and um, Assassin's Creed has a good deal and some other things. So seems profitable. My grandmother asked me to go out with her. Oh, no. You got to keep her safe. You can't say no to your grandmother. Yeah, you got to be her bodyguard. I don't want to (laughs) go. Like, we we have an infamous group of ladies in my area that, like, wear coordinated Christmas sweaters that will, like, steal crap out of your cart. And they'll, they, like, have box cutters that open up. Got a gang. It's a gang. Flat. They, like, open up flat packs and stuff like that. And Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I want that on video, Kelly. Get it on video. No. (sighs) We'll see you in two weeks, folks. Bye. (laughs) Stay safe. Goodbye. Bye.